and welcome to the Delve. This time around, we are talking about that film that everyone's been waiting for, starring Dennis Quaid, guest starring Max von Sydow, and Christopher Plummer. Do we we really think everyone's been waiting for this? Yes, I think everyone on the planet, all seven billion people, are waiting for an English-language review of Dreamscape. I am part of something much more important than I thought then. From 1984, a, directed by Joseph Rubin. I totally learned something on this that Steven Spielberg's future wife acted in. Did not know that. Was it future at that point? I believe so. I think they met slightly before or during I know they um, met they Doom. They met Temple of Doom. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm but this had to be after Temple of Doom because this is a PG-13 film. And if Temple of Doom is the reason we have PG-13... Let's see, this was 84, and Kate Capshaw did Temple of Doom, which is 84. I don't know, her Wikipedia biography lists chronologically lists that as having happened before. This was, Temple of Doom was May 23rd, 1984, and Dreamscape was August 15th, there you go. Okay. Yeah, because I know that one of the things I was reading, this is the second film to be a PG-13 film, and one of the reasons that PG-13 was created was because of Temple of Doom, being a PG film, mm-hmm. and what happens in it. Well, they might not have been married quite then. Not married, but at least they... they well, they probably didn't even know each other during filming, given that they came out so closely. They were married in 1991. So. Oh, wow. So there was a big gap, there was a big dating period. And they were just courtship. shacking up with some kids. In any case, Kate Capshaw, Steven Spielberg's future wife. She looks so familiar, but then I look back and I couldn't really, like, I don't really remember. I know she's, like, the star in freaking Temple of Doom, but I didn't really... I did, she I looks did, different I did, enough. I didn't recognize her, honestly. And then, I think I know where I got it from. She was, like, one of the main stars of Space Camp, which I adored as a kid. And she'd totally be on the, the list. Oh, let me get let me get that on there. <laughs> Space Camp was awesome. It, right down to the 1980s giant robot thing going on. Not giant, as compared to our future topics, but... <laughs> Decently sized? Man-sized. Like Johnny Five thing going on. Okay. You know, like robot sidekick. They always... Okay. It's the 80s. Yeah, there's a difference between <laughs> giant... Like, let's, let's, be, let's be D&D here. It's a medium-sized robot. Fair whereas, what we're talking about later is going to be a colossal robot, probably? At least. Yeah. Depending on, like, framework. Depending on which edition we're working with. Like, it seemed like Godzilla and company often fluctuated size depending on the needs and sets there. But we'll get to that later. Yes. Right now, we're talking about Dreamscape, which has some good things going for it. There's Dennis Quaid. Dennis uh, Quaid, Christopher Plummer, mm-hmm. Max von Sydow, all, you know, fantastic actors. It's <laughs> a really great cast. It was really <laughs> well casted and a not a bad premise, given that we can find other films we like with this premise. It's just that, yeah, exactly, but they didn't do it very well. There's, it, it was, I think my problem is that it, it, it shot for the stars and it didn't quite land where it needed to land. So, so let's, yeah. let's, let's go with what is, let's, before we go too deep, let's okay. go say what is the premise of this film. The premise being that Dennis Quaid, a psychic who had gone off the grid as a, and started using his abilities for personal gain, which I don't think anyone can blame him for. If you, if you can bet on a horse and win, go for it. Um, gets recruited back into a dreamscape program where they're trying to connect psychic minds with people's dreams, and they seem to be like it seems to be like a, a what is it a, a help a helping thing. I mean, it, it seems to be like a, like a therapeutic use. 
help people through their fears and, you know, he's, problems. He's basically going in there and getting some intelligence. Saying, well, this is what you're dreaming about, so this is probably what's going on. Yeah. You know, he came out of everybody to fight a, fight a snake man. Uh, yeah. If he beat the kid's nightmares back, help a guy with impotence, you know, standard yeah. stuff. Um, and then enter the big, horrible government, and the fact that the president, who's having nightmares about nuclear war, yes. wants to... is basing... The, Basing his executive decisions on those nightmares, like, well, maybe we should de-arm. And the super secret spy dude who says, oh, we shouldn't do that, and we'll leave the plot from there. They, yeah, hijinks ensue. That, that's the, dream that's battles. the core unit of the plot. Mm-hmm. Dream battles. There, yeah, there are, there are quite a few dream battles. I'm very torn about the CG because I don't, like, I'm so, I don't think it was CG. It wasn't CG. It was stop motion. But it's so, I'm so biased at this point in our, our day of modern filmmaking that I look at the movie like this and I'm like, yeah, you could have done better. So so when we do our Harry Housing episode, it'll just be you going, stop motion. Why? No, some of the stuff was fine, like the Snake Man. Snake Man, that was really well done. was well done and everything. I think some of like the the camera trickery. The, the color effects. The I color think effects. That, um, yeah, that definitely dated the film the, for me. The evil dude in the, like, in the dream that did his face, his head look exceptionally large to me? I think it did, but I think that is the actor's a big fucking head. Maybe that's it, because that was just, like, really abnormal. So that was a problem for me. Like, I had some problems with the the way they went with the effects. I guess the camera trickery more than anything. I did think the costuming was good. The costuming I liked, um... Yeah, no, there was... I, I liked that. I liked, I liked the design of the dreamscape room. Okay, yeah. With that, you know, very... 80s tech. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, lots of lights and wires just sticking out of everything. This was a much more scientific approach to psychics than I'm used to seeing nowadays. Because when push came to the shove, you know, if you have seen a movie about psychics nowadays, they probably have really significant and categorized powers. Mm -hmm. Whereas the psychics in here were really kind of like... He could use his powers to to get some women and to win bets, but that's really about all he was able to pull off. And, and like a lot of time, I mean, yeah, no, they were very weak psychic powers. Um, kind of like in Looper, had like very low level psychic powers. In that, the people who did have it had were very low level. Sure. And then the, you know, the plot points about others. Mm-hmm. But here's a picture of David Patrick Kelly uh, in the modern day. He's a giant fucking head. That is a huge fucking head, and his chin could kill someone. Yeah, no, he, Dave Patrick Kelly, uh, the, the actor who played the the, the bad guy, you know, totally twist. You know, the, the guy who was totally obviously the bad guy. Oh yeah, that was just like from from the first time you met him, you're just like, well, that dude's evil. Yep. <laughs> there was just no no even attempt to like mislead you or trick you into thinking he may be altruistic. No, he's just a giant fear. No, he's a bad guy and he's a giant fucking head. He really does. So it's not there's no camera trickery there. That was just, you know. And then I did find it interesting, like they did a couple of good things. Like he he goes out of his way to tell you, like at the end of the movie, why he was so powerful. Or Dennis Quaid was just kinda, you know, running around. Yes, yeah, I mean it's it's kinda of the matrix logic of Yeah, we're in a fucking dream. I can do what the fuck I what the fuck I want. That and he had them practicing yeah. instead of helping people. Even going in and killing people. Yep. Which apparently works re- is really easy to do. Well, you know, there you go. It goes with the, uh, it's right up there with, um, you only use 10% of your brain. Mm-hmm. Is that 
if you die in the train, you die. Yep. Now, I, I, I have something that, that stood out to me in this film was that we had a protagonist who was not a morally good guy entirely. That he definitely had a gray morality. No, he dream raped someone. He, <laughs> yeah, he, he dream raped someone. And they, the, the best part is they're just like, oh well, I'm really upset at you, but but I did, but I did, lo- I do love you. <laughs> so yeah, he's he 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 gambles. He associates with what can only be the mafia. Some sort of Irish mob, I guess. I guess he dream rapes. There's the you know he's, he uses his abilities to sleep with women. Yeah. Which I think most people would use to sleep around with. I'm not saying that... Yeah, not holding it against him, but... Yeah, I'm just saying that these people are morally questionable protagonists. It's, it's interesting seeing a morally questionable protagonist in a film. We don't see that too often, honestly. But I do think that Dennis Quaid carries it in a way where you just can't really... You don't hold he, it against exactly. him. Exactly. But... He's still likable. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a likable guy. He just is, you know, morally dubious. Plus, you know, I won't give anything away, but he does some more more eviler stuff at the end. Mm-hmm. The, the, the final scene is a bit of a... Like, well, Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, we have that. Um, we have a we have a leading lady scientist, which was good, but at the same time, they give her some really stereotypes. She does get dream raped, and then is like, "Well, I did ask for it." Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, throughout that, she was actually holding a grand game mm-hmm. at bay, so that was interesting. Yeah. You have the doctor who you think may be evil, but he's not. And he's actually t- pretty much a, you know a a stand up guy. Exactly. Like Max, you know the Max Monsetto character is yeah. that you know he, you see him he, he's in a what what would often be and definitely I, I feel like a film would be now made now that he would be the uh, he, he'd be the bad guy and probably has been made probably I haven't seen everything but um, I really liked Eddie Albert as the president too. He was good for the little, the little part that he had. It, uh, that, that's, that is a part. I've been watching West Wing so much lately that... Anyone who's playing the president? Well, no. It's just more along the lines of he's walking around and I'm like, there should be like five people in this room right now. <laughs> the secret security guy, or the secret service are are like 50 feet down the hallway. Really? Uh, yeah. Apparently, maybe in this universe he didn't get... He, like, maybe when like Reagan got shot, they, they, this didn't happen in that universe. So it didn't, didn't matter. Interesting. I was. I was. Did you finish Punk Rock Jesus? Yeah. That was interesting how they did like the alternate time loop around Reagan. Mm-hmm. That was. That's a good book. I, I, it, I highly recommend it. I just finished it. I do or two. But in any it's case, another that, podcast that someday. has nothing to do with this. Um, but yeah, like there were some good things that happened, but I don't know. It just was some of the it writing kind of was lacking. Fell flat. It fell flat in a lot of places for me. Sadly, I feel like they built in really weird ways, and they could have build to the characters better. Um, the end was really fucking dark. Yeah. And, uh, uh, a, the, fi- the whole final battle is... Well, the, that final battle's dark. How he chooses to resolve the movie mm-hmm. is dark. And, and there were a couple... They didn't have to do that. And the epilogue is also. Yeah. They didn't have to do that. No. There were other ways. I mean, the President of the United States can resolve a lot of things. Well, they, they do build up the Christopher Plummer character as more powerful than the President. They do, but at the end of the day, if the president says you're fired, what are you really going to do? You can't unelect him. He's not going to lose his job. I don't know. There definitely is a trend, though, in, in film, especially in the time period, of having the shadowy super government absolutely who can like have the president mysteriously disappear or die. And well, that was the '80s Cold yeah. War. Yeah, and you're, and you're led to believe that this is one of the people who is, you know. Some sort of secret Illuminati that's controlling the whole game. Yes, they say at one point here, he owns the police, he owns the FBI, which, you know, really are two really different organizations. Exactly, he owns <laughs> both of them. He's got, you know, Waterworks and the electric company. 
then. And four railroads. He fucking has a monopoly. Then. If he has four railroads, yeah. It's illegal. Well, that many railroads. <laughs> but no. Um, do I think that it deserves a list, uh, to be on a list of best sci-fi movies? Even in the top 50, I say no. I don't think it's top 50. Top 100's probably a stretch. Yeah, I mean... Uh, the only good thing I think this movie really has going for it that beats out other movies is just the cast. Is the, is the cast and the acting. And they just don't have enough to carry the whole thing. Yeah. Holy but, crap, we agree on a film in the negative direction. It happens. It does. It almost never happens that we, that we negatively agree on something. That's true. Or very contrary towards each other. Well, we, we have a lot of positive agreements. That's true. I mean, sometimes when something's good, it's just yeah. good. Although Jess won't like it then. That's, that's the secret. If we both like it a lot... I think you think Jess would have loved this movie. I think so. I think Jess clearly would have been fawning over how amazing it was. Dennis Quaid. He was in Speedos. <laughs> yeah, Jess's secret love of Dennis Quaid. In Speedos, of course. Maybe um, any Dennis Quaid. Sure. Um, but anyways, what's next? Next up is a film that you haven't seen. I'm kind of surprised. I thought you were a '70s fan, but you're not actually a fan of the '70s. No, I'm a fan of portrayals of the '70s. Yeah. Much uh, different. Called Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Starring Michael York. And it is a science fiction movie? It is definitely a science fiction film. Okay. Well, we'll watch that then. We'll watch that and talk about it. In the meantime, bye. Bye bye. <laughs>